Hey, what's up? Today on the Burn This World podcast, we are talking to Shaylee, a.k.a. Dayshell. This dude has, the hands down, probably the best, most unique melodies I've ever heard in my life. Um, no joke. And you guys know how particular I am. And so I just had to talk to him. And this new album called Pegasus, he sent it to me early, and I'm telling you, you guys are going to be blown away. These melodies are just absolutely top-notch. And a good conversation. Me and him are so similar. It's just really nice to see to, to see that, you know, that I'm not alone here in this industry. And so really good conversation. But first, I have to say, head over to burnthisworld.com. Click join the community. Come be a part of this community that we have built over the years. A bunch of people just like me, just like you, talking about metal. There's also a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes writing process of my own music for the Browning and my new project, Death X Destiny. And so head over to burnthisworld.com. Click join the community and come hang out and share your favorite music and whatever you want to do. Let's get into it. I'm Johnny McBee, and you're listening to the Burn This World podcast. All right. So we're here with Shaylee, the man behind Dayshell. How are you doing today? good brother just hanging in there getting ready for friday dude the big release the big day we've we've all been waiting i know it's been what over four years now since my last album it's about goddamn time <laughs> yeah and even just the build with the um you know the gofundme and everything to build up for this campaign has been it's been a process has it been like is it annoying how long <laughs> the process has taken to you or no not necessarily um you know, the way I look at albums is you only release each album one time. So uh -huh. like, you know, squeeze every drop you got out of it. You know, it's not like a birthday that comes once a year, you mm -hmm. know, every album is your identity from birth to, to that day, yeah. you know, everything you are. So it, to me, I'm actually worried that it's over. Cause then it's like, now what, yeah. you know, like now what do I do with my <laughs> shitty life? You know, but you know, I'm, I'm stoked. It, it's been a crazy process. And, uh, I'm very uh, grateful for to be able to do something like this. You know, just one dumb little kid from Southern California able to raise over fifty thousand right. dollars and record. I think one of the best Sonic albums I've ever done in my life. You know, with Joey Sturgis. So I, I'm it, on cloud nine in, I mean, in those regards. It sounds freaking crazy. Like, um, and you know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit particular, especially when it comes to stuff in. Um, rock and how you're kind of tinging onto metalcore a little bit. Um, and so I'm pretty particular about this kind of stuff, but your stuff has a very, very specific sound to it. Um, and it sounds crazy. Uh, so like you, you do all of it, right? Like you, the music, the everything. Yeah. I engineered everything yeah. aside from you retracking my vocals with Joey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, recorded everything and just been kind of uh you know i've worked with joey in the past and when i when i worked with them i was like wow you know like this is what a professional is like i gotta be like this so mm -hmm. ever since i met him i've just been trying to play catch up and you know at this particular time in my life i've kind of got to a place with my production and engineering that it's like pro quality now i'm not saying my mixes are amazing but mm -hmm. i understand how to record and do everything properly and yeah. you know so that really helped this process out because if i didn't have these this skill set there would have been a lot more time in the studio a lot more frustrations yeah. plus you know i had all the material laid out a lot of bands yeah i'm sure you know 
who have gone in the studio with just like one or two songs and a few ideas. Um, this time around, it was just fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of, you know, what are we going to do to make them better? You yeah, know, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I write and, you know, pre-production mix everything. Absolutely. Myself, the songs are done, you know, until you go in and really, really dial them in. And I think that that's for, for people like us, like maybe in the modern world, it's a little different because people are just crapping out so much music, but for people like us, like I spend each album has been two and a half years in between for me, you know? Um, and I spend that whole time working on songs it's you know and so i like putting a ton into it and there's so much you can add post-production and to leave all of that just on kind of like a third party i think is wrong because that changes the vibe completely and so you doing the majority of like you know it's pre-production but you're doing post-production work with effects and layers and you know figuring out the harmonies and everything pre pre like beforehand just makes it to where you can really dial it in yourself because no one cares about this as much as you do you know mm-hmm. and so exactly you, you having and that ability to do that yourself is 100 percent essential i agree and too like you know a lot of bands will go in there with nothing fleshed out and stuff and then they they complain and they bitch about the producer like changing their sound and mm-hmm. it, it always irritates me because i always want to go like okay well then show me all your demos huh? <laughs> yeah. show me all your demos let's hear what he did to change it oh we don't we just had, yeah, exactly. So if you're going to complain, <laughs> yeah. then have your full arsenal ready. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, coming in as prepared as possible, for sure, essential. And I mean, whenever you're working with someone like Joey, like you don't want any random little nuanced crap getting in the way of the flow, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, because we, go ahead. We only had 10 days in uh-huh. the studio. So I had to make sure. Well, actually, he came out for four days to do pre-production, which was actually a lot of sifting through the drums and making them, making my parts that I thought were really cool, actually even cooler Mm -hmm. or make a little more sense to an actual drummer playing it because I do play the drums, but I don't write my drums and record them. I actually just, um, you know, MIDI them out and think about in my head. And, you know, it's still different. You know, when you're thinking about a drums rather than playing it, it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to send my drummer the MIDI and he looks at, he's like, what did you do? you know <laughs> and so uh i, I want to so like with part of your process i mean that for that you wish song like that is potentially the catchiest melody i've ever heard in my life um <laughs> the you wish you would kill me da, 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 da. like that's probably the catchiest melody i've ever heard um and so your process when you're working on uh like a melody like that like, can you go through any, any ounce of like your process when you're, are you just freestyling that crap or are you, you working it out or what? Um, it's been changing throughout the years. Like when I was younger and I would write my lyrics and melody, it would be a whole ritual of me sitting down and playing this part over and over and trying to like find a melody and lyrics were very important to me. Um, then, and as I got older and more efficient in my writing, it became more of like a natural nuance that I do and a lot. And, and I would say probably 60 to 70% of those, every melody you hear on the new album is literally me just like, okay, it's time to write a melody. I open up my computer. I put the microphone in my face, no headphones on. I don't care if the mic's picking up the music and I just start spitting out 
vowels yeah. and melodies and cadences and rhythms. And in, sometimes within a matter of minutes, I'm holy crap in it, you know, like mm-hmm. for, for example, you wish, you know, I didn't have a chorus for that. And I was just kind of like, just sitting there, just like, as I said, and boom, I found this cool cadence that I've never done before uh-huh. rhythmically. And it just built and it's, yeah, it's kind of just, I've been doing it for so long. I just kind of put myself in metaphorically in an, in an autopilot kind of phase and just let my intuition figure it out without worrying. Yeah. Because like in the past I would worry so much about my melody. It's like, there's no rush in writing when you're creating it because there's no deadline. I mean, unless you have a deadline obviously, but when you're just writing the music, it's like, don't put that stress on you. Just make sounds, dude. Yeah. Make, be funny. And sometimes being silly when you're writing something can create an, a seriously awesome yeah. part, you know, for sure. So that's kind of like, that's kind of like my, um, my method now. It's just kind of like kick back and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, let it happen. And, and I'm, I'm very like, I write in vowels, like vowels, like this is kind of like my approach when it comes to lyric writing these days is I just write mum. I just start saying mumbo jumbo, you know, when I'm writing, writing over my melody and I just start to find where these vowels like hit in like this note range, like where's the sweet spot vowel. And then I create and mold my lyrics around what vowels Mm -hmm. work more accordingly for those notes and it's kind of weird. It's kind of like deep. It's kind of like writing just backwards or something mm-hmm. like, but it, but it really works because I think people overlook lyricists get too caught up on, on saying what they need to say rather than, rather than how that valve interacts with everything that's happening in the sonics of the mix, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I, I actually, I write the exact same way. I, I turn it on and I freestyle noises and uh, that's cause I'm not a lyricist. My lyrics, you know, some people think they're cool, but you know, <laughs> I look back at them like, dude, I mean, it's ran- It's kind of random, you know? And so lyrics aren't to me the most impactful fact of it. I mean, m- half the bands I listen to are German. I don't know what they're saying in the first place, you know? And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm majorly focused on the melody and um, that's how I've always done it. Even with screams, I'll just go, you know, I'll just be doing that <laughs> crap. And uh, I was watching some of the, like on YouTube, you can look at like some clips from the, some kind of monster DVD from Metallica. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what James Hetfield does. He, he's, yeah. ju- he just, oh yeah, just doing that and then filling it in. So it's interesting that, you know, I, I was doing that before knowing anyone else did. And it just feels like that probably because we're like both me, you, James Hetfield are musicians before we're vocalists. I feel like, um, like I write all my music first. I don't do vocals at all until music's fully finished. And so maybe it's because we're more musical than we are vocal potentially. Yeah. It's kind of like doodling on the guitar yeah, to, write exactly. a, to write a, to write a lick. It's like doodle with your voice. It's the same concept. Just sounds really crappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and my wife are working on a project together right now. Um, and I'll, she'll be in the room and I'll be kind of doing that. And she'll be like, she was like, Dana, that's cool. What'd you say? I'm like, I didn't say anything. She said, no, you said something. I'm like, no, I really didn't. <laughs> like it, it might sound like <laughs> it or, or just like saying, you know, the same words over and over again sometimes, but it really does kind of form it into, uh, you can find it just by, you know, find the words just by saying this random stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's that melody and that song is crazy. Um, and you're right. It's an interesting pattern. Um, 
and that's one thing about your stuff that is pretty specific is a lot of it is um it's a bit different like rhythm rhythmically than a lot of stuff like most courses you're doing just like big soaring not you but people are doing like kind of big soaring melodies where a lot of your stuff seems to be like a little more like pattern specific and unique yeah i was just talking about this with joey um I think like what, what sets me apart from a lot of vocalists, you know, aside from like the way my voice sounds, but like the, the particularly like my melody and cadence to it and rhythmic is I think it's because when I started in music, I started out on the drums and I've always had this huge fascination with them. And if you really listen to my lyrics, it's, or my melodies, like you'll hear drum patterns in it. Mm-hmm. It's like finding this, like another song is a, a good example of the song is the song that we released last month called, um, not, not welcome. Mm-hmm. If you listen in the verses, I'm, I'm literally like scatting over the ghost note of the drummer with the ghost notes, right. which, which in theory, like nobody really does that. Yeah. So, but if you can find these pockets and two, like when you're, when you're writing your vocal patterns, and if you're following the drums in a, in a cadence that the drums is doing, not like right on the beat, but whatever in between pattern mm-hmm. you can do, it actually helps. It, it allows you to be more technical with yeah. your melody without it being overpowering, as long as you can stay in the pocket with the drums. You right. know, I think a lot of singers fail to recognize that opportunity and just think that they just need to, they're just the singer on top. You know, I'm the singer inside yeah. the, the song, you know, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I started off on drums too. I think it, when people ask me like what they should, if there's any tip, it's learn drums like to at least a basic degree. Um, yes, I agree. Like, Understand them. To, yeah, you have to know at least have a vibe of it. Of like, if this sort of part is going, the snare is hitting on three, so that kind of helps you time out certain timing things. Like even the most basic understanding of drums is essential for any instrument or vocal or anything. It's just completely essential. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, so after starting off on, how old were you when you started drums? Shit. I had to have been like 12 or 13. Uh It mean, you sound like we have the exact same come up. (laughs) That was the same way I started there. And I, I went from there to um, keyboard and guitar at whenever I was like 14, 15, something like that. Um, And, the what kind of stuff were you playing whenever you first started um well shoot it was just kind of like well i started because i like met this this buddy in high school right and i i wanted to get drum set and we were at pe and I, we just like you know it was like a new year or whatever and he was a few numbers down because i don't know if you're in pe in class like everybody had a number to sit on yeah. or whatever on and he was a few numbers down and we just started talking and you know he showed me like all these underground like screamo bands you yeah. know before it became post-hardcore and and metalcore it was like called screamo so like dead poetic old stuff zao all mm-hmm. that shit Apple, crazy bands and uh i mean obviously we weren't on that level to play but we were trying to make like dark stuff like that but like yeah. i remember specifically the first day of he came over after I got my shitty sunlight used broken symbol, broken heads kit for Christmas. And I wanted to be the drummer because he played guitar, mm-hmm. but then he he's like, let me play the drums. And then he played the drums and he was just better than me. I'm like, well, teach me a lick on guitar. And then that was it. The rest was history. Once I felt the power chord on a guitar, I was like, yeah. yeah. And 
what are drums? Right. <laughs> yeah, I rotated pretty quick off drums too once I started playing guitar and keyboard. And I, I started producing really young too. Um, like just recorded my own stuff in the most ghetto way possible, you know. But um, I think that having that understanding is a, a big essential as well. Uh, so like starting as early as possible, doesn't matter how bad it sounds, like having an understanding of that is super important. Um, yes. And so uh, I don't know, where would you... Where would you most like feel that Dayshell like falls in the world of music? Like, because I, I, I love obviously you have some like core aspects, but I would see it just almost straight up as like a modern, like not active rock, but almost. Yeah, I don't know. And this has kind of been the, the, the elephant in the room for Dayshell's entire career is. You know, every label we've had on, like, where do we put you guys? Like, right. you're you're kind of radio, but you're not. But you're kind of like, you know, metalcore, but you're kind of not. It's like, it's always been this weird, because because that's that's the whole point, though. Like, when I started writing music, I thought in my head, you know, be as original as you possibly yeah. can, be as good as you possibly can, and show and just be dominate. But I realized too late that that doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and it's actually like not good. And yeah. it doesn't matter how good or original you are. You, you, if you don't have a genre to just sit in, then nobody really understands you and you're kind of fucked. So yeah, I didn't know that until now, but I'm not, a, I'm not mad about it because I, I, I truly, I'm a true musician that believes in originality or in pushing my own limits. And if there was a genre, I made one up years ago and I would call Dayshell fresh metal. There so you. it's like, just a new take on what's already been there kind of like new metal but not because new metal is kind of like you know rap oriented or whatnot right. i guess but this is just a a fusion of everything that i've ever loved from rush to you know your modern you know um animals as leaders right. so to speak something like that like it's just everything i love i just put into my music there's really no boundary like i don't know if you've listened to my discography but it's all over the place sometimes dude yeah. It gets retro, it gets rock and roll, it gets mm-hmm. ballady, it sounds old school, digital, like there's no barrier for me, but there is a core sound, which is like your modern, aggressive, mm-hmm. alternative rock, you know? Definitely. Who was like, because your voice is very specific, um, like you could pick it out uh, from anywhere, both with like, um, not just your patterns and the, the whatnot of that, the cadence, but the the tone particularly um did did were you working towards a specific sound or is that just what came out of your face when you started doing it i mean i think i had like you know when i first started seeing there was definitely some singers that i looked up to that i i wanted to mold my voice around and um some of those singers are you know daryl paloma from glass jaw mm-hmm. um uh christian from blindside um let's see uh brandon boyd from incubus chino from deftones uh jared leto from 30 seconds to mars just to name a few and also to throw in some women vocalists because i i truly believe that girl vocalists just trump men vocalists any day they're so good i say that all the time Um, (laughs) oh for sure like they're so much better but like a couple artists in particular is emojin heap and kim kimbra yeah like those two females just are on a whole nother level of vocal control and range. It's 
it's something a man man can only wish they could be (laughs) (laughs) right yeah i i mentioned that all the time it's actually like always been one of my major goals to like step back and be in like a female fronted like band and uh so that's actually what i'm this this whole thing that we're that you've been talking about right here is actually something i'm working towards so like my music as well very diverse i've always wanted to just be chaotic and you know kind of cover all the bases just because i just write what i want in that moment but it kind of led to um you know i would have specific fans come to the band for like this really soft song that blew up but then they listen to the whole rest of the discography and it's not that you know <laughs> and so it's kind of like a mismatch happening and i would have i would have female guests on i've had it on like five different songs and i just love female vocals so i'm basically doing a whole project that i take the softer female fronted side of the music that i've done with my band and making a whole band with it and my wife is fronting it um oh awesome yeah and because i i agree there's something about female vocals that just give a lot more emotion to it and the range and just everything like if you look at my spotify every single year inya is on the top too (laughs) and oh hell yeah i just i love that ethereal just like if i need an ear cleanse with how much crap i listen to which i listen to primarily my own music you know it's just i feel like when you're working on music so much just just how it is but like these a lot of these female fronted stuff is just like an ear cleanse to me like i turn it on and it gets the noise out of my head from my own crap you know oh yeah i 100 agree and enya will do that too she'll just she'll transform you <laughs> to a mythical universe dude exactly <laughs> and same with emojin heap I, i've brought her up recently to my wife she didn't she didn't know who she was and i mean her stuff is just the different melodies and counter melodies and harmonies and just all of that is on another level and um like have you oh dude go ahead let me write this down i want you to check out this artist if you like emojin heap there's this like just barely known artist coming up i i I guess she's a songwriter for a lot of big people but Uh she's like starting to do her own stuff her her name is buzz b-u-z-z okay wrote it down and dude she's basically like if you like emojin heap she's just almost like a a new version of her nice yeah i'm, I'm always so, looking for that okay. stuff man it's especially with doing a project that's that's female fronted now like I, I need as much you know of that stuff to consume as possible um and have you considered like throughout your time and working with labels like have have you considered just going a straightforward route to try to do it or is it just not in you to do a i I don't want to say you know quote unquote sell out hey what's up a quick interruption here to again say i want you to come hang out with us head over to burnthisworld.com and click join the community or head to the description in the podcast and click join the community and Come hang out with us. Come share your favorite music. Come be involved in our community. You get to ask questions to guests. You get to do all sorts of good stuff. See behind the scenes stuff for my music. Again, burnthisworld.com and click join the community. Let's get back into it. Um, what do you mean? Like, can you rephrase? Are you saying like sign to a label and just write what? Yeah, the radio not necessarily like in the sense of like, hey, let's let's focus this and stop being so sporadic and go just straight active rock. Cause you got the voice to do that. So, um, I don't know. I've actually never really got asked this question in my life. Um, <laughs> so 
I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that I've gone too far. I think that that would be a great opportunity somewhere else, not in Deshell. Mm-hmm. I think you know, Deshell is, it proves the point. You know, I can't, it would be insulting to my own intelligence mm-hmm. to strip away everything that I've built for this project just to hopefully cross my fingers and hope that you know, I get a higher reach. And in reality, in this day and age, I don't think it fucking matters yeah. how, how much I dumbify my music for the basic listener. Yeah. I think it just matters about marketing and, um, maybe, you know, in my case, I mean, I would love to do it. I'm not opposed. I love all music, but you know, that, I think that would be something where another band or opportunity approaches me to front them. Yeah. And I would totally be down for it. Yeah. You know, I'm the same way. I freaking, you know, my band has a stupid name and it's weird as crap music. And, you know, it's always, you know, managers have brought up, oh, what if we change the name and kind of, you know, do this? And I'm like, no, I'm, that's one reason I'm starting a whole other project with this other sound because I want to keep my project what it is. Like, it is what it is and that's what it's going to be, you know? And yeah. Plus, you've built your core audience around that sound. I mean, just because you want more, it doesn't mean you got to leave them all behind. Yeah. You know? And I, I think I agree with you too. We're living in a world where it's almost like the heavier, the better. I know. That's why I wrote you wish. Cause yeah. I'm like, cause here's the thing about me. Like I can write that shit on the toilet any yeah. day. <laughs> I'm not saying maybe not to that degree, but when it comes to heavy music, it's yeah. quite simple in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, you know, just basically regurgitate everything you've heard, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, but but it, when you start doing like, the more technical thought up calculated stuff is, is, you know, that's where it gets hard. Yeah. What is the hardest stuff like specifically for you to do in the writing process? Work with other people. I'm the same. (laughs) That's it. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm on my own and I'm doing it, sure. I get in like little, you know, moments where i'm just stuck on a part but dude i trust myself i know that i'll get it done i know that i'll deliver because you know i'm my worst critic critic and Mm -hmm. i put a lot of weight on myself to be on the level of a musician that i am but when i work with other people i'm not all the time obviously um but you know i would say most of the time it's just a frustrating environment of disrespect and a work worth ethic that's not even close to yours and you're Mm -hmm. just waiting on people and shit and like Oh, I yeah. hate it. That's why I'm a one man band, baby. <laughs> I'm the, I'm literally the same way. It, the, where I have a, where I struggle the most working with people is the other people getting frustrated that like every single one of their ideas don't work, you know? <laughs> and yes. so I'll, they'll, they'll try something. I'll be like, oh, okay, let's, you know, what about this? You know, I'll, they'll be like, well, what, what was wrong with my thing? I'm like, I don't know. It just doesn't work, you know? Like I have a million ideas that don't work before I come on that one riff that does. And so a lot of people get frustrated when working with me just because like I'm so particular. And so, yeah. Or, or their opinions, you know, it's like, you know, that's one thing too. It's like, for me, you have to be somewhere just even remotely close to my level for me to like, really like, respect you of course i'll give you a shot and stuff but you know i mean i'm sure you've been in this case where like it would be like how come you never use my half written one riff song and and completely finish and build it for me yeah. it's like well dude like that's not how it works like 
if I'm sitting here slaving over my song and, and trying to finish it A to Z, you can't come up to me with a riff and then get mad at me if I don't want to finish it for you. Yeah. You know, like that's the thing too. Like what I always get irritated, like I, there would be so much animosity and it's like, what do you mean? Like you're the one in control, finish your own song, bro. Mm -hmm. Like finish it. I'm not, how am I supposed to know where you're trying to go when you set me a 20 second riff that rotates four times? <laughs> right. Yeah. Give me two parts at least. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is. That's like the biggest issue I have is people being frustrated that their stuff doesn't work and they'll send me like, like you said, one idea and expect it to be the thing. And I'm like, man, it's, there's so many ideas that get thrown out of my own. Like I've done, I've done 20 by the time you've done one, you know? And so exactly. it just, you have to throw crap at the wall until something's like, dang, that's it right there. You know, I mean, there's some songs I've worked on for a year before I really get it there, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, on this new album, there's songs I've been writing. I've been writing this album and some of the songs go date back four years ago. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, I start writing it and I put it in my tank, you know, mm -hmm. and then I go to my reserve tank when it's time. And I, 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 you have to take a break from it too, dude. When you're working on a song, like for two weeks straight, it's like, all right, dude, relax, go away. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Come back. And then you're like, come back a year later and you're like, Oh, Oh shit. I forgot. I wrote this song. Yep. Oh my God. I know what to do now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Akeem, uh, my guitar player, he, yeah, I show him all these random, I have like 500 songs on my computer and I'll just show him one one day. He's like, you wrote this eight years ago. Why isn't this out? And I'm like, cause something about it just wasn't good enough. That's just how it is, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, we're particular. Yeah. And, uh, did for better or for worse, you know, that's the question. <laughs> and I don't know. It's, um, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to be a little more, uh, particular in my songwriting now, like the way we're doing this next, uh, this album is kind of the modern way of, you know, you release freaking six singles with music videos so that you get all these playlists and all that crap. And it's kind of stressing me out, uh, just cause I do usually spend so much time on this stuff, but, um, I'm, I'm, so I'm kind of having to revert some of my thoughts, which is like, if within the first, minute of the song or 30 seconds of the song it's not like dang this song has potential to be a massive hit instead of grinding it out if it doesn't have that i just scrap i'm gonna have to scrap it right from there and so i'm kind of trying yeah. to force myself to be a little more um critical right from the get-go because i just have so much music that i have to put out now in this in this way of doing things now um and i don't know if it's gonna work or not because i <laughs> i've just always grinded things so much i mean how do you feel about like the the modern playlisting era of having to put out songs like so often and or are you still just wanting to do these full big like big releases you know like i mean you're doing a full i'm not sure how many songs it is but all on vinyl and this whole package like i feel like people our age that's what we want to do but i don't know if that is what we should do <laughs> oh no yeah it's obsolete now dude like for me, this was my last hoorah, hell Mary, do it one last time, conform to this new fucked up, <laughs> you know, industry of just, just, just pump it out. It's basically, basically now, just like TikToks, uh -huh. it's that you make a TikTok in 24 hours, that thing's history and nobody thinks about it or cares about it again. That's what music is turning to. It's just, it sucks, dude. Trust me, but yeah. we have to conform. This is my last 
that's why I did vinyl. I've never done vinyl. That's why I yeah. went big as I could just to say, you know, I did it. It's over now after this, guys. I'm sorry. No more albums. Besides, it's so much fucking work for one person yeah. by myself doing everything. It, like, yeah. this this album damn near killed me in so many ways. Like, I wanted to give up so many times because at the end of the day, like, after it's released, like, if we want to get real, like, how much growth am I going to get off of this? How much recoup am I going to get? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just basically, it starts to lose, like, and the older we get, the more we realize that, you know, we got to pay our bills and stuff. Right. So I'm not going to, I won't be able to do this anymore. It's just not practical. It's too expensive. It's too hard. You mm-hmm. know, just focus on one song at a time, get a cool video behind it and do yeah. your best. I mean, that's my plan moving forward because too, like when I get, when I do these albums too, I don't really have much money for the visual part of it right. at the end of the day, get this kind of like mediocre product behind my music and it kind of just falls short there because your music's just your visuals are just as important as your music in my opinion yeah so definitely yeah man it's it's time to conform dude if you're doing an album you know this may very very well might be your last too man (laughs) yeah it's 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 weird man and it's uh my biggest issue because i i signed to a new label that they're awesome uh they specifically work in the style of music that I do like electronic rock and metal. And so they're, they're really cool and they do stuff in like all the best modern ways and they work with primarily solo artists. So they know what, what I need to do and they're really good at monetization. But my big thing, I was talking to them about this single stuff and I feel like it, it, it does. It, this rings true is that whenever you do full albums and you have like one, maybe two singles, like, those songs are become legendary songs for your you as an artist. But whenever you are releasing freaking seven singles, like does every single one of them, like a month and a half later, when you release the second single and the third and the fourth, it just overshadows it all. Like, how do you have a standout song with this setup? You know, it bothers. Yeah, me. that is true. But also like the other side of the coin is like, I always said, like, it's almost like if you're going to do an album, I get what you're saying and that totally makes sense. But with this, with what's happening in this yeah. area era, it's like, it's almost like if you're going to do an album, you should probably make every single song on that album, some type of a single, yeah. you know, whether it's post release or not, because you, because think about it, dude, you got one or two singles. Like you said, you spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars on this album, you release these two singles, you release the album, and then you go to Spotify and you check your play count and yeah. you got a million on your yeah. singles and you got a hundred K, fifty K on all these. So all those songs get lost. Yep. No like you worked so hard for no reason. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's not that you're nailing exactly what this label said to me. Because I, I was this was the biggest thing I was fighting them about. And you're nailing exactly what they said. They said they've gone through all the metrics. And if you look at every single song as an investment, because there's a money investment and a time investment to every single one there, they said there's a straight up 10 times difference of the, the streams, AKA the money you're getting back on that song, whether it's a single or not. And so just from an investment standpoint, like each song, if you release it as a single gets 10 times the amount of money, essentially. So it just makes sense. It just, yeah. It, it's crazy to see, you know, and it, and it sucks, you know, cause I know like all these songs on this album, I just did. I'm not, but you know, I'm not giving up. Like my yeah. whole plan is post release. I'm going to do some visual content 
at some point for all of them, just so I feel just personally. So I feel yeah. like I did as much as I can for them, the amount of money I spent and the fucking hours <laughs> and years of torture behind the computer, yeah. you know? Um, what, what's your favorite part of the process? Oh, 100% writing it yeah. like that to me especially when you start hitting those eureka moments like mm -hmm. to me that's the only part that makes all this worth it like i don't i don't like shooting the videos i don't like posting daily on you. instagram i don't like doing all those things i'm just a kid in my room just wanting to create something that doesn't exist mm -hmm. and just like bask in it you know like i love i love writing so much everything else i don't even like singing a lot of people don't know this i actually don't like singing at all yeah i so exhausting you know, it's like the drumming, but even harder sometimes because <laughs> if the way that I sing, it's every single ounce of energy in some moments that I have in my body. Yeah. Like in order these sounds, there's no technique that, oh, it actually, it, it sounds like I'm screaming like crazy, but I'm actually doing this. No, no, no. It's <laughs> me just being inside and coming out, dude. So yeah. I don't like that. And it's just a lot of work. And uh, I'm always self-conscious about my voice because, you know, you, you would know because yeah. it's the most honest and, you know, thing about us. And, yeah. you know, and it's scary to put yourself out there as a singer, you Definitely. know? Yeah. And it, it can be a grind sometimes. Like, and I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I don't, I don't, uh, all my like screaming vocals, I, I've done inhale vocals my whole life since I was 13. Like my screams are inhale. But my singing and my yells are all exhale, and I don't know how to get distortion exhale besides yelling at the top of my freaking lungs. So <laughs> if I'm like doing like a kind of a big chorus where there's like a bunch of pitched yells, it's me like I'm dead afterwards. And so it's like it takes every ounce of me to do that. Yeah, it's exhausting, dude. I mean, the techniques are cool and all, but. I don't know how to scream normal. Just like you're saying, you do inwards. So it doesn't look, it looks like me and you both don't really actually know how to scream correctly. <laughs> right. Era. I just found out there's a difference between fry screaming and what's the other one? Uh, uh, false chord. False chord. I thought that was the same thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have no okay. idea how to do that crap. If there's fry screaming and there's false chord, then what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I actually, I went to, because I was like, F it. Okay. I'm, I don't want to change my inhale screams because they're so unique sounding that me doing the inhales is what makes it so unique. Um, and people don't know the difference or whenever they're listening. So why change something that doesn't matter? But to learn this rock voice, I actually went to, I've got two of the top people out there doing lessons right now. And they were just so blown away it ended up me talking to them for 45 minutes about my inhale vocals and them not understanding it and i'm like no i just want to learn just tell me how to sing like freaking chester bennington like i don't i just want to learn how to do that but it was so weird that they couldn't get past it to where we didn't even go over anything and it's wow. and so i'm just uh it's it's definitely but it's good to be unique it's good to do a different technique than what anyone else is doing you know and yeah and yeah your stuff sounds so Perfect. unique Yeah, dude. As long as it works and yeah. you know, that's, that's really all that matters. I mean. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm the same way about what my favorite part is. Uh, definitely whenever I fully complete a song and then I go and drive and I start and I listen to it first time, that's like the best moment. 
whenever it's like done and even without vocals if it's just the instrumental like even recently with this new project i i put these songs in and i get in the car and the first time i start like freestyling melodies over it like i literally started crying and i'm not a very sensitive person but for some reason my music makes me feel sensitive <laughs> well because it's you dude it's an it's an extension and an expression of your intuition that you don't even sometimes i don't think we really realize as artists that that's what is happening half time. That's what evokes those emotions and we connect with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, you know, like a lot of people are like, I don't even listen to my own music, dude, that, that that's egotistical or whatever. And I even, I've even had fans like you listen to your own music. That's weird. And I'm like, what do you to me? I'm <laughs> like, are you like out of your mind? Right. Like you mean to tell me that it, for one, how much work do you think I put in to create this song? And I'm not going to listen to it. Right. You're right. Yeah. I'm just going to make it. <laughs> you right no secondly i listen to my music because why because the music that i write doesn't exist in this world right so i have to create myself and then third i'm proud of myself yeah forgive (laughs) (laughs) definitely i mean i write my favorite music you know and so that's that's what i want to listen to and so that's what i that's what i do i write it and i listen to it um and you know my wife gets tired of it because i listen to the same song 1500 times but I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, on this on this record, is there one song particularly that feels a lot more meaningful to you? Yeah, there's a song that I feel like is going to be the fan favorite. Did you have you heard it the whole album yet? Uh, no, I haven't heard the whole record. No. Okay, I'll send it to you after this. But there's a song called "Say La Vie" okay. and. My goodness, dude, I think you're going to, I mean, if you love production and you love to go on a journey and a song that just keeps like taking you somewhere you didn't even know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. This song took me a long time to write. Are you a video gamer? Yeah. Okay. You remember that game Anthem that came out a few years back and it it tanked because they didn't (laughs) deliver. Yeah. Um, I was so stoked on that game. Like when watching all like the, the stuff and then I wrote like, uh, started writing a song in honor of that or or what that those little clips I was seeing was making me feel but later down the road it turned into like something so special dude I I don't know how to you'll have to hear it but it it starts out with Mongolian voice singing and it's actually me doing it and I I know you're gonna think I'm lying but I swear it was because I was screaming all day and I you know you're you know you know what I mean your voice gets really deep gets crackly and I was able to actually pull it off. And I have a pretty high, like normal voice, uh-huh. but for some reason I was able to, so we tracked it. So it starts with that tribal drums. It goes into this electronic world that it just, just plateau. And then it's explosive chorus, And then, and it goes into this bridge that just keeps growing and then it ends. So even the structure itself yep. isn't your typical ABC, yep. but man, dude, it, it's special in so many ways, sonically, uh, lyrically, it's really true to who I am, very metaphorical of how I feel in my head. And yeah. um, so to me, it's it's perfect because it's like a very honest song and also a journey. You yeah. know, it, how, it's hard. It's hard to make songs that make you feel like you go on a journey unless you're, you know, they're eight minutes long, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. And I I'm all my favorite songs are the like songs that are very different like and i actually last record not the one i'm working on but the previous one i i set out to absolutely not do a single song with the standard structure 
Um, it was my biggest thing. If the music is just predictable from front to back, every single song, like it's fine to write songs that have a standard structure, you know, there's a reason it works, but to step out of that, I think is essential. And so, yeah, if this one has an interesting structure and it, it catches me off guard, like that's what I'm looking for. hundred percent. Yeah. You, you, and it's funny because it's funny you say that because yeah, you have to be both predictable at times and unpredictable and yeah. finding the balance between the two that doesn't make the listener go, huh? Right. <laughs> that's where, that's where the true art comes in. You know, definitely. I mean, to me, music, especially in like the more aggressive realm that we're in, it's about like, um, building tension and releasing tension. Um, yep. the whole time, every single part is about you're either building tension or it's a big tension release. And, um, whenever a song is so predictable that I, I know what's coming, even if they're building, like then there's no release attention because it doesn't catch me by any sort of surprise or anything. It's like I need to have something that is if I know it's coming, then it's not really a release. It's just I so I really appreciate songs that uh, get weird and get unique with the structure and is thought out in a way that I don't know, just isn't isn't the standard thing. And um, so, yeah, I definitely I'm interested to hear any of that stuff and yeah i i know what you're saying about that mongolian throat singing because i i can't do it ever unless if i'm just like if i can barely talk that's whenever i can yeah. do that weird split yeah, tone. <laughs> yeah cause it, yeah it's a double it's like two things happening at once it's the low uh and then you got to have this rasp in it uh -huh. right and then you got to change the vowel Whoa. like yeah. i'm kind of doing it right now. <laughs> um so with the album um I mean, I saw that people are starting to get their vinyls and everything from you, uh, and it's starting to really roll out in a serious way. Like, um, what, like, what are you, are you just, you said you're going to create a lot of content and visuals for a lot of stuff, but are you back on the writing block? Um, yeah, well, I'm, I've actually stepped away from that for a little bit just to digress. Yeah. Um, I mean, I instantly started writing coming back from the studio and already wrote like three new three or four new three, four or five new jams, right. um, you know, since the studio, but I just, you know, I had to take a break from it, dude. Like yeah. it's starting to get, you know, you, when you're a one man band and you're looking at numbers and you're this and that, you start to get discouraged and you're like, dude, what am I doing here? What, <laughs> you know, I'm going to fucking work on this song for a year and then release it and, and then nothing, right. you know, and again. Um, but right now I'm getting into, uh, I haven't like announced it yet or showed anybody, but I'm getting into cinematography so, because, you know, one thing that I've, one shortcoming is what I mentioned earlier is like, and this isn't to talk crap on like anybody I've ever hired to do a video, but you know, if I'm being honest, I, I'm, I, you know, I write these scripts and stuff. I yeah. write these treatment, these visuals that I see for my music. And then I hire somebody and hoped that they could be in, they, even though I spell it out as clear as day, I'm hoping that they can see what I see. And then my product is nothing near, nothing near yeah. what I expected. And to, you know, a lot of people I work with, again, like working with people is frustrating. You know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, directors in my past didn't really respect my time. Yeah. You know, you, your product, you get it and it's very rushed. You can mm -hmm. tell they've been using the same angle 50 times and you know, they shot 15 different angles yeah. because they just don't want to sift through it. And it's just getting really, it, it has me, it leads me to lose respect for these people. And I, and I don't want to do that anymore. So yeah. it, it, for me, it's like, okay, 
It's time to get behind the camera, understand all of this, hire a camera operator and direct and edit my own videos because the only person that's going to see what I see in my music, because when I write music, I'm seeing a movie in my head. That's why Deshaun is so so explosive and there's such a huge release and such a huge tension. It's so diverse. It's because I see a movie. So it's time I do that. So that's kind of like where I'm at right now. And I have a music video I'm going to be shooting uh, this weekend, my first one, which is going to be an easy tripod shot yep. where I'm, I'm, I'm playing the guitar, this and that, but I'm going to edit and do special effects just to get my feet wet, yep. you know, nothing too crazy. And, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that. And, you know, music's always going to be there for me and I need this break. So when yep. I come back, it's just fresh again, you know, we got to do that for ourselves. I'm just, I'm just sitting here listening to you talk and I'm just thinking like the whole time, like what is wrong with us? Because I'm the same exact way. Uh, like, I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm freaking building out a set right now for the next view- music video that I'm going to shoot myself for our own stuff. And I always go back to it. Uh, this might be a stupid reference, but a Limp Biscuit lyric, you know, you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Got it? You know? <laughs> and One hundred percent. Dude, Limpy knows, knows everything. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's just... Um, I don't know. Cause like I said, at the very beginning of this, no one cares about it as much as you do. No one cares about my crap as much as I do. And so over the course of COVID as things slowed down and it turned less from a full-time touring thing to whatever, you know, it turns into now I fired every person, every manager, every, everything. I got rid of the label. I got rid of everything. Cause I'm like, none of y'all actually care about what's going on here. Um, they don't. And they don't, so dude, it's crazy. And so it's sad too. It's because, you know, it, what I don't like about the industry is they took, and you, you know, this might be saying it pretty intense, but they just took an innocent kid like us Mm. and they just took advantage of us and they took our fucking money and they made us work like fucking dogs and slave like this. And then they say they care and they don't man. And then you're 30 fucking five years old. (laughs) And then you're like, where did my life go? Yeah. I could have been doing this all by myself if I would have just if I would have just believed in myself a little bit more, yeah. you know, like literally I'm doing everything a label is doing and Deshaun has been more successful yep. than on any label ever. Definitely. And, and, and all it took was me. Yeah. It's frustrating. I have to deal with this crap, but geez, you know, like, <laughs> why would I, why did, why did the world make me think and believe that I needed these people? I mm-hmm. didn't dude. hundred percent. I mean, I signed yeah. my first contract when I was 18, you know, same. Yeah. And so in high school, right. <laughs> And it's uh, it's really preying on the hopes and dreams of people. But I'm it, the nice thing about the modern world is that it's easier than ever to do this crap yourself. <laughs> oh so. yes, I love it. Uh, labels, you guys are suit like the, we're coming for you. All labels <laughs> out there. I just want to let you know that you guys are going to be obsolete soon enough. Trust me. You, that's why you're struggling. I know you are. <laughs> right. I know it, that's why you're making us work for free to promote our own bands online. We know you guys. You guys need us more than we need you at the or you know it's crossing. It's changing. Maybe not right, right now, but you can see the shift happening. Where entrepreneurs and self-made artists are going to be the norm now. Yeah. And this, this was a big thing with my, uh, cause I was just signed to universal and, uh, the COVID hit like right whenever I was supposed to be doing this, uh, starting this record. And, um, I had a tour canceled that I was tied in $30,000 up front and costs that I just lost, you know? And, Oh my gosh, and then, dude, and the COVID hits. 
I lose that money from upfront cost for the tour. I'm supposed to start this record. I have a baby coming out in a few months and I'm sitting there and I'm like, guys, 